Well, hello, saints. Uh, I am Mike Eckert, and uh, this podcast that you're getting ready to listen to is part of a Kingdom Talk podcast. You can find Kingdom Talk on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Samsung, uh, Player FM, and a couple of other apps uh, that I can't even think of right now. So uh, I just want to welcome you to this uh, discussion. This one is going to be called Community, Communal Living, and Christ. And I'm going to jump right into it, uh, and uh, let's, let's see where it takes us. So most believers, those who are spending any time watching the direction of the American church, they know that there is a generation of believers right now that are starting to make a beeline away from organized church. And I, I don't even want why I said starting to. They have been for several years. They're trying to find a real unmanipulated, untainted relationship with Jesus uh, with no overlays. Now, many in organized church think that these believers are leaving the church or leaving their faith. But in reality, most of them are becoming free and then coming back to the church. But this time they're coming back with a deeper and a truer understanding of who Jesus is and who they are in his priesthood. So in this time that we're in now, many dysfunctional churches and dysfunctional church leaders that operate using control and manipulation and false teaching they're beginning to advertise advertise new messages um, that asserts the idea that they have cornered the market on community and communal living or culture. They say things like, hey, come, come home to communal living or come home to our community. We're creating a new culture. So you'll hear those words a lot. And that sounds wonderful. And some of these churches really mean this, and they really do this, but some don't actually mean what they're saying, and they probably never will. And so I'm going to talk about that. And the reason I'm talking about it is to protect believers, especially new believers, from these type of things, from this type of language. Now, the true Christian community, communal living and church culture, it's a beautiful and it's a biblical ideology where every believer can come together They can bring their knowledge, their talents, their gifts, their resources, their abilities, and they can be used for the betterment of the internal and the external community inside and outside the church. Most importantly, they bring their personal visions and their dreams and their goals that God gave them to be used freely for everyone. Now, the church, the local church, It evolves and it ebbs and it flows in many directions based on the people and their resources and gifts that they've brought together. So how do we know a church is experiencing this beautiful phenomenon? Well, it's evidenced by the fruit or the impact that the church has on the local community or their sphere of influence. Every believer looking for a church to attend and give their resources to, should always ask and find out and investigate exactly what that particular church does for the local community. And many believers don't do this. 
They simply look for comfort. They look for a cool atmosphere or they look for good teaching or a kid's program or, or they're searching for some uh, higher significant emotional events that, that, that helps, you know, kind of tickle their feelings. And none of these things are actually bad. They're all good. We, we, we would celebrate those types of things happening. I attended a church for many years that over time, I and many others at the church realized that much of our valuable resources, our money and our time were being taken and used by the church leader, not for the local community, but they were sent to his personal friends and mentors as some type of loyalty payment or honor payment to the pyramid leader who was hundreds of miles away and not even a part of the local church or the local community. Now, I call that a pyramid scheme. I would have been just fine if this leader of our church wanted to give his own personal resources to his personal mentors and his favorite people because it's his money. But he was sending large amounts of the church's resources away from our church without informing anyone in the flock. This is anti-community and this is anti-communal. In fact, it's the exact opposite of what was being preached by Jesus and by Paul and the other apostles. Saints, understand that community and communal living happens when everyone has a vested interest. Everyone is fully informed. Everyone has a dream and vision. Everyone can access resources. Everyone has a voice. Everyone is submitted one to another, operating in a leadership multiplicity with multitudes of counsel surrounding the entire group. Now, aside from having good services or good teaching, does the church community take action? Are we taking care of the stranger, the orphan and the widow? Are we feeding the poor? Are we partnering with other churches? Are we getting involved in the safety and well-being of the community? Are we sharing our resources? Now, many churches operate this way, and they should be commended. But many operate in a perverted or an imposter form of community where the group of believers come with the same beautiful resources and submit them and surrender them to the dreams, visions, and goals and ambitions of a single church leader. They put what God gave them to do on the bench because the communal leader's vision is more important. This leader collects, corrals, controls, and manipulates believers to conform or assimilate to his or her personal ambitions for himself or herself. These narcissistic leaders believe they've been called by God to a higher purpose and vision than everyone else at the church. And they are called to accumulate and rally all of the people and their gifts, resources, and talents, and then use them for their own purposes that many times have nothing to do with helping the local community. To make it worse, they then decide when it's appropriate to give back these beautiful gifts by using words like governmental authority, apostolic alignment, um, permission, Sending and commissioning, mantling, overseeing, things like that. So 
They're saying, in essence, hey, you've brought this great gift to the community. I'm going to take it from you, and I'm going to tell you when you can have it back because I know better than you. That sounds crazy, right? <laughs> so they take a believer's gifts, and they take a believer's dreams, and they take a believer's aspirations for ministry away. Then they decide when to give them back, and they only give it back if it's used for their own personal goals and visions. I actually know a church pyramid leader today who does this. They collect people with pastoral gifts, give them names like son or pastor or something like that, take their gifts from them, what God gave them, the gift of pastor, the gift of evangelism, the gift of teaching, and hold that gift until they are sure that this son will be loyal and give large amounts of money, time, and resources back. When the grooming is finished, they are commissioned, like a, almost like a military rank, and they're sent back out as a part of the pyramid. And everyone in the pyramid finances the pyramid leader. This sounds like some kind of Amway thing, right? Or some kind of multi-level marketing scheme. Let me tell you, saints, it's exactly the same. And they're calling all of this, this entire church system that they've developed, they're calling it community. And they're calling it communal living and they're calling it church culture. So here's the false teaching in this. Many of these leaders who take the flock's resources and keep them for themselves and the church pyramid without helping the local community, they use scripture to justify the action. Acts 42, or excuse me, Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 35. It's a beautiful picture of actual community. And it's a beautiful picture of a church that understood communal living. It states, quote, Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was no one among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of these things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. Now, saints, let me unquote that. And now I'll start. I've seen these beautiful scriptures used by narcissistic false leaders to manipulate and control the flock into giving money and resources and time to the leader and to their personal ministry, who then, these leaders, kept the resources for themselves. Why is this a problem? Well, because there's one part of that scripture that I read that's always left out by these types of leaders. The end of Acts 4.35 says, quote, the apostles distributed to each one who had any need. Let me repeat that. The apostles distributed to each one who had any needs. The flock, saints, brought their money and their resources to the apostles. And the apostles gave it back. This means that the apostles did not keep resources in order for true community 
and to be of one heart and one soul and have all things in common, and for no one to have lack. The apostles collected the resources and gave them all back. Here's the question. Does your church collect from the flock and even the local community and also give it back? Let's bring it down a notch. Do they give even some of it back? See, community and communal living is for the entire community. Calling your theology community and communal living and some type of new culture and then operating in an atmosphere where one person, one leader, controls the dreams, the visions, the goals, the resources, and the time that the flock gives and, the, and they do it for personal gain is not community. It is communism. This is not a church culture, saints. This is a church cult. May our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears open fully. May the spirit of truth begin to overtake his bride. May wisdom visit and rest on every follower of Jesus so that we can discern right from wrong, false teaching from truth. And may we live in a true community, submitted one to another in love. I pray for his bride. I pray for his church. I pray for his priesthood, all of you, to receive his divine knowledge and truth so that we can all learn the difference. Be on the lookout. Be able to speak truth, to set our friends and our families free from any and all forms of control-based Christianity. In Jesus' name, I love you all. Take care.